lucrative, lucrative. Helping start, you stay up, stay up. Mill, mill, making sure you're made up, so 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 you're paid up. Describe the podcast. Obviously, um, the topics around what I do is all about entrepreneurship, startups, um, um, you know, generational wealth, you know, encouragement. It's aimed for young people as well. So you work, you work, you currently work with young people, so you know all about those kind of stuff. Um, I never bring up like personal stuff because it's not a gossip station. You get me? So. I'm not gonna ask about your relationship or household. So I think the furthest I'll go is like. Where did you grow up? You get me, and mm. those kind of stuff. Um, anytime, if you need to answer the door, all of that, you stop and start again. Mm. You get me, it's relaxed, natural. Yeah. Cool. So, first question is no, I'm joking. <laughs> you know what? One thing I actually do want to start with. Mm. We've started, by the way, just for Edison, um, for sake, we've started all cameras, we've started. Mm. I want to know how did it feel to receive an award like. A proper award, not a made-up award, like mm. an accredited award, and you were wearing half a suit and half shorts. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I really want to know because I feel like that's the kind of that's the kind of times we live in now. Yeah, literally, yeah. award shows are going to be online. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can literally wear what you want. But did you mention that in when you were accepting it? I actually did. I actually did because yeah, I, 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 well. <laughs> yeah, I mentioned it just as a joke, like literally, like. I think, yeah, it was this, first of all, this top half of the suit was so tight. So I was like, and I know the trousers as well. And you know, people have been gaining weight during oh, lockdown and stuff. Seriously. So, yeah, I was just like, you know what, let me be free at least in one part mm-hmm. of the body, which people aren't going to see. So the camera is going to point towards the top yeah, half. Literally. So it's cool that way. But I feel like most people, especially now, if you're doing a job interview, mm. you, you literally top half suit. Just don't stand up. Boxes. Yeah. <laughs> don't stand can, up. Can you imagine that? You just go, I need to go quickly. And then it's like, can you imagine having a hole in the back of your boxes as oh, well? Like, you just finish. But no, um, no, no. yeah, well done for the awards. You can see Thank the awards you. there. You were trying to be humble, but I, 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 I want you to take your flowers. These are your <laughs> awards. You've earned them. You get me? These are, um, what, what, what was it? It's for Southwark and what, like, what was covering the awards? Who are the people giving the awards? So um, it's an uh, award body called Southwark uh, Awards. So basically they um, award or they review, peer review all the businesses within the borough of Southwark. Mm-hmm. And based on specific criteria, they kind of like judge businesses and entrepreneurs based on that criteria. Um, it was actually from an event I was invited to about a year, a year ago. Um, where they were actually um, promoting the awards to different businesses in the area. Okay. And then they, I remember I was, after the event, I went there just to network, to get oh, to know yeah. other business owners. But then as I was leaving, there was a guy who, I don't even know who he was, like quickly, like if he, he said a word passing by saying, I think you guys should really enter. And I was like, okay. And then I thought, all right, cool. Let's enter for two categories, entrepreneur of the year and at best social enterprise. To my surprise, we didn't, I kind of, you, on the topic of you saying trying to be humble, I kind of was thinking, you know what, we're a business that's only been around for about a year and a bit. Mm-hmm. So let me enter us for awards we realistically can win. Mm-hmm. So I kind of put Entrepreneur of the Year and Best Social Enterprise. Mm-hmm. We won the Entrepreneur of the Year on the night and then 
I was waiting for us to see if we'll win the best social enterprise and we didn't win. So I was like, okay, so, okay, we won one, right? It's okay, cool. So I waited, you know, just for courtesy yeah. and to be polite, to see yeah. what other awards would yeah. be won on the night. Yeah. And they were going to go into the main award, which is the best business, mm-hmm. just business period, not social business. And then they said our name. I was like, I was so shocked. So basically they didn't give us that award so they could give us the bigger one. Yeah. So it's almost like how God works where you try and put yourself down. But if he wants you to be in that position, you will still get it regardless. And it's so funny that um, even like the whole aspect of your business, mm. one thing I've learned from doing this whole YouTube channel, because obviously you know like I'm a pastor and I have the church thing. Mm. So um, this YouTube channel with um, the business and stuff, was I've always tried to make it separate, mm. but I've realized that your, your beliefs and your faiths are always gonna like get into mm. what you're doing. Mm. And I've seen you've done that with the Peace Ballers, mm. Heaven Revolution mm. and all of that. And it's mm. like, how did you how did you feel like going into the business world as a mm. Christian? Like mm. how is it something that you wanted to like keep separate? Mm. Or is it did you always know that you know what I'm gonna be bold and say, you know what, mm. this thing is kind of Christ centered, mm. you get what I'm saying? Mm. I suppose one thing I have quite a different approach to the most in terms of how I perceive what you know, ministry is or the kingdom of God is. I have a wider, broader perspective. Often people, when they think of ministry, they think uh, the traditional sense of uh, we sing, Mm -hmm. then we preach, we are boxed in on a Sunday kind of thing. Whereas my view is, um, you know, Jesus preached about the kingdom and the kingdom has everything from sports, music, media, entertainment, politics. Mm -hmm. So everything I put my hands to is the ministry field. So I saw the business as a ministry field. Obviously, I'm learning day by day how to navigate it and how to... I talk to every stakeholder different. So the employees, I talk to them a certain way. I tell them these are our values as a company. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm only going to hire people from a particular background. Mm-hmm. I'll be diverse in our hire, but as long as the people can commit to the values we put on the table, which are the mm-hmm. kingdom values. Um, and how that would look or look like in the real business world is... You know, for example, we operate with integrity. We won't ever undercut people on deals. We make sure we treat everybody the way we want to be treated. All of those things and loving loving the people we encounter every day. And also um, around using our business model to fix specific problems we see in key industries like corruption or, for example, um, peace borders. Um, What we're planning to do is launch a football team in the new year, which has the aim to democratise football. What we mean is that there's a lot of opportunity at the top in terms of football. There's players earning astronomical figures, which is fine, you know, the money they make, they're you know, giving it to the players, right? But there's not enough of that um, financial prosperity at the lower end of the spectrum. So what we're trying to do is pioneer a club that can actually um, punch above its weight and then inspire other grassroots clubs to also do the same. I think it's a couple of months ago, um, a young man actually committed suicide because he got yeah. cut from, um, I think it's Manchester City. Yeah, yeah. And I know a lot, of, not every young boy, his dream was to play football. Mm. And one way or, or another, mm. um, you kind of might come to reality that um, you're not going to make it. I remember my one came from very early on from primary school. I was in a very small primary school. Um, I was the the third best player in the whole school, mm. but we were very small. And then I went to a secondary school with a lot of people. I like, my dream ended the first day of secondary school. Um, wow. But you're, you're, you're dealing with a, a, a lot of young people in mm. a place where they'll let us know that the crime rate is crazy. Mm. Now, how does like, 
how important is football to these young people? So I think just casting my mind back to when I was young and around, around about their age, I only had one dream and that was football. Trust you know, there was no... I, people would often say plan B, what's the plan B, what's the plan B? And many of us, we have the mindset that, no, this is it. If, if, if I don't become this, I don't want to become anything else. And what, what's wrong within the kind of like football world right now is there isn't much of a safety net for these players who yeah. don't make it. And yeah, it's a very brutal industry. It's focused around money. And if you're not here and we don't believe you can offer us the financial return we want, you know, we make the cold decision of just letting you go and fend for yourself. I think there is some scope for improvement. Some clubs are starting to try and put initiatives in place, but it's more of an afterthought rather than a central component of any academy programme, which it should be in order for it to be effective as it needs to be. Lucrative, yeah. lucrative. Helping start, Helping stay, up, up, stay up, mill, mill, making sure you're made up, you're made up, you're made up, you're made up, you're made up. Describe the podcast, it's called cool, 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 cool Prep. Cool prep. So like, what's the difference between um, a Peace Ballers and an Arsenal and, or Peace Ballers and a Manchester United? Because, like, like you said, you're definitely going to have your Christian values in it, but it's like, what what made a school like Harris Academy give you the trust that it can trust you with these young people mm. to say that you're essentially raising them in mm. a sense because I remember we looked up to our football coach mm. I can still remember his name actually no I can't but I still remember <laughs> I, no I still remember him and he had a big impact on us like he mm. would he would speak to us tell us like even back then we weren't even thinking about gangs but he would he was early on getting on us making sure that we're um, walking the straight line making sure that we're focused in school mm -hmm. like so what does peace borders do for these young guys so in terms of the distinction between other football clubs i'll address that first is we're not um exclusively just focusing on um developing our, our own set of players so all our players come from different clubs so oh, essentially okay. We're like a club that is empowering other clubs as well as other players, no matter what team they come from. We bring them together and we teach them our football philosophy. And then as we develop them in that kind of like little community, we then say, all right, you're developed now as players and as people. And we send them out to their various clubs so that they can create impact within that club. So we're almost like a hub of influence where we teach players how we, we the tagline is play like heaven. So we teach them the philosophy around that as players. And then we're like, all right, you've learned that at Peace Borders. Now, if you, some of them play for Charlton, some of them play for Arsenal, Crystal Palace. We say, all right, now go there, go there, go there, go there. And now spread that, make that go viral. Almost like um, embedding some sort of apostleship, discipleship yeah, yeah. into it, but within the world of football yeah. kind of thing. So that's what Peace Borders is. It's not just... Because, yeah, I, I've you know, seen some videos of sometimes you guys are even in classrooms as well. Mm, yeah. And I was looking at it. Is it that you guys are teaching... Mm techniques or like so when you guys are in classrooms what are you guys doing so we haven't been in classrooms for a while i think it was in our last program we did yeah. that but essentially what we do in a classroom is the preparatory work where we prepare the ground as in if we're teaching on confidence or discipline uh, we will teach them the fundamentals of it and why it's important to be able to achieve whatever their destiny is or their potential and when we go on the football field uh, we uh, use the football pitch as a metaphor for what we taught them. So it's almost like the practical element of the theory. So if we were to teach discipline on the field, we would use a ball control drill, for example, and say, all right, you stay within this uh, set of cones. You stay right in the middle of a, of a circle of cones. 
and we shoot the ball at you, you have to try and control it and stop it within a circle. If the ball goes out, we then stop the session and say, okay, what happened there? What happens is in life, sometimes things are shot at you and they're trying to disrupt your discipline and to make you react. Now, your um, ability, your um, best reaction is to control and keep control of the system. But yeah, so we're trying to draw on those analogies to teach these young people because often um, uh, we can have a low attention span and not absorb everything in the classroom. So having that added dynamic of having people who learn maybe more in classroom settings, some people learn more on the pitch, converge it together, you teach them life-based lessons they'll never forget. And were you surprised like, the impact it had, because it's impact the right way, because um, I saw a lot of young guys there mm. and it was like they were into it. Mm. And you know, especially the kind of stereotype about young black males, especially in the area like Peckham, mm. which they'll speak about that gang rate is so high. Mm. But you had like a lot of guys that weren't chilling on the block, they were with you doing something productive. Were you surprised by that or did you know? Because obviously we've done a lot of work in Peckham mm. with um, evangelism and mm. stuff before. Mm. And we've come across a lot of people that they would label as gang members and mm. stuff. And here you are in the heart of Peckham mm. um, in a school and you you have young guys in a classroom, you have them on the field. And it's not just about kicking a ball back and forth, but mm. they're actually learning something. Were you surprised by like what happened? Um, I'll say it was, kind of like part of our objective to really engage those types of young people. So a lot of them uh, have been engaged in so many different things like drugs, gang violence, hanging around the wrong people. And the purpose of the program was always to get them disengaged from that and engage into something more positive. So I think, yeah, I'm just really happy that, you know, those young people are, are able to express themselves in positive ways in that forum we've given them, um, which if it wasn't there, that void is there, and then it leads to boredom, and then that's what leads to that gang invo involvement. So, so like what you're doing, how important is like mentorship, like in terms of you actually being their mentors up? Like when it comes to somewhere like Peckham, I can really relate because I grew up in Brixton all my life, mm. and Brixton and Peckham is quite the same, and you kind of, even if somebody doesn't mentor you, you kind of take somebody as a mentor, you kind of just look at what they're doing mm. and almost kind of copy what they're doing in a sense. Mm. I remember one of the episodes I was speaking about being in school and selling Lucasades and Crisp and that. Mm. And me and my friends were kind of doing it from a quote unquote drug dealer's point of view mm. because that's all we knew what it meant to be an entrepreneur. Mm. What we saw them doing out there, we kind of emulated it in school. Mm. So now you're here as a positive role model how important do you, do you see your role, not just as a businessman, mm. but as an entrepreneur? Yeah, so I think, yeah, I think mentorship is absolutely key to helping the next generation to see what's possible. For example, one of the reasons why I was grateful, grateful to win, you know, awards is that, um, I think I was talking to someone else about this, um, being an inspiration to the next generation by what you do, not just what you say. Mm -hmm. And them seeing somebody that looks like them winning that award, that comes from the same area. Trust me. It really breaks a ceiling that they might have thought wasn't possible. It makes, it normalizes. What I'm passionate about doing is, as an entrepreneur, is normalizing success in their eyes. Right, I love that, <laughs> I love that. No, seriously, I love that. Yeah, and one of the ways we do that, we've done that in the past is, for example, um, in the first project we did in 2019, in the summer, 
we took the kids to the shard. Oh wow. Yeah, we took them to the shard. And we made sure, it was like the final celebration, okay. um, business pitch. They were to pitch their own business ideas as, as young people. And also we went, took them for like a meal. And, you, and we were debating of whether to take them to something they're familiar with, like TGI Friday, or take them to the Shard and have afternoon tea. Mm-hmm. And I opted to say, no, take them to afternoon tea because it's something they've never had before. Yeah. It's something that would change the way they think. Because they're used to TGI and the ribs and so the bro, Jack Daniel ribs. stick to them. So it's a <laughs> yeah. I, I did a project in secondary school. Mm. It was a Dragon's Den project. We went to um, the um, HSBC headquarters and we had to pitch them an idea. Mm. I took pictures there. I think um, in the end, I ended up even ended up going to 10 Downing Street. I met, um, is it Gordon Brown at the time he was Prime mm-hmm. Minister? And he's like, bro, that has stuck with me. Even when yeah. I go to job interviews now, I'm a big age, yeah? yeah? I take that picture and I'm just like, yeah, this is what I've done in my life. <laughs> and it's like, I get what you're saying because a lot of the times, a lot of us, especially in areas like this, mm. we are almost in a box. Mm. A lot of people don't know anything else but their area, but their hood, but their ends. That's, that's mm. all they know. If it's Peckham, that's all they know. And it's like, they don't know that there's life beyond that. They don't know there's life beyond their postcode, life beyond their area, life beyond um, their dreams, life beyond what they see all the time. So mm. no, I, I read that, that's true. I think, mm. yeah, Kevin really, that just mm. got me excited. So. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was an amazing experience for them. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I think one thing is, it, it's not an easy thing to take people f- out from their natural known environment to sure. a new environment. Because I think there was some challenges with often behaviour and I think just to not romanticise the thought of doing it, there should be a realistic expectation that it takes time to uh, transform somebody's mindset. And it takes you staying there for a while. It's not just about that one-off talk you came to the school to give and then you went somewhere else. It's about inhabiting there, waiting getting to know the young person, invest in them, build a relationship so that they can even text you and call you at any time. One of the kids um, um, at my, at, from the school we work in sent me a message the other day saying, can I work for you guys during the holidays and, and improve, put it on my CV. You know, so wow. you'll notice that there's so many things that will come as a result of you just deciding to help people. And, and you know, if you can get even just one person, it'll be more than that, but if you can get just one person to you know, be a success story, it then perpetuates because it keeps happening and, it, and then what you want to do is create something that's intergenerational it just keeps going you first of all break the cycle of what's wrong and then you create a new cycle of what's right 100%. Yeah. now heaven revolution mm. break it down for the people that don't know what it is exactly mm. like the whole movement of it mm. so heaven revolution um short as or people call it short just heaven um it's essentially a parent organisation for a series of enterprises we're starting. So it's a parent organisation whose aim is to solve the world's greatest problems through social and technological innovation. So technological innovation in, in a sense that uh, we're using pioneering technologies like uh, video, not just video conferencing, but also investing in stuff like um, artificial intelligence, data science to really um, enhance how we can communicate through like uh, streaming for example because i think a lot of what we're going to be doing is more digital than actually just going to places in person so that's the technological side in a nutshell and then there's the social side which embeds the christian values as well as uh 
looking at whatever social systemic problems are existing today and are, are really prevalent in society and thinking about how we can solve them. So that's what the overall aim is. And then what we do is set up businesses under that aim, such as Peace Ballers, such as Evo, and other companies were in the process of setting up as well. How did, how did Evo come about? Because when I saw it, it's, it's mm. to do with streaming and music and stuff. Yeah. And I was just like, bro, when did Zion get to do, get into the like, <laughs> music side and the yeah. streaming side? So how did that get about? So in the holidays when um, lockdown happened, Peace Ballers had to kind of like put a halt to all our activities because yeah. what we do is, close, is contact sports, yeah. right? So the government putting restrictions in place, we were thinking, all right, we're literally shut down as an organization just because of this lockdown. How can we diversify and enable ourselves to generate revenue and become a club that can be financially sustainable and also help other clubs be financially sustainable? Mm-hmm. So we thought, let's develop some sort of live streaming service that enables those clubs that don't have big television contracts to generate ticket sales. So that's what we did and by then we realised, I sat with my team and then we realised there's potential for not just football, like live events, music, uh, art and and culture, you know, uh, worship, church services, all of these things in one platform. So there's a potentially huge market out there which um, initially we were just thinking of solving a problem within ourselves but then we're like, wait, hold on, this can help so many other people. So it's surprising how sometimes in the hardest situations where the most innovative ideas come from. I think the best ideas come from times like this. Mm. You'll see a lot of companies that were born out of recessions in general. Mm. I know even Walt, Walt, something like Walt Disney as well mm. came out of a recession. I was just like, it's crazy. I, I, I was telling, um, who's I was telling? I think I was telling Dan. I was just like, a business at this time, I don't think you should crumble. I think you should just think as far out of the box as you can. Mm-hmm. And if people say that, you know, that doesn't make sense, then you know you've got a good idea. Because mm. right now, nobody could have anticipated a pandemic or a lockdown. Mm. So you literally have to do what's never been done before because mm. we've mm. never seen this. But yeah, I, I, I like that. We're definitely going to be jumping on that. We're going to mm. plug it in at the end. Mm. One thing, um, time's gone 22 minutes. So really, <laughs> done. Uh, one thing I really want to know is that all of these things that you're doing, you're, you're a businessman, mm. entrepreneur, all of that, but mm. a lot of what you're doing is kind of like unselfish as well. Mm. What is like your background that makes you, okay, I know you're Christian, yeah. but like that's really pushed you to, you know, do things that it's not just, you're not just getting um, um, an income from, but you're actually mm. affecting and building a community and building people. Mm. Um, what, like your background, um, how did you grow? What were you, like? Who were your mentors? What did you see to make you actually care about doing things like this? Yeah, I think there is a lot of, um, in terms of my personal background, uh, things that I've gone through, which has led me to want to create solutions for people who are maybe going through the same thing. So one example within the football setting, why I started Peace Ballers, is there were, I never saw a pathway to actually eventually become uh, or reach your full potential in the professional football game. It was all very much who you knew, who you were connected to, very secret stuff happening and you could never really, there was never a straight ladder to just get to where you need to get to, like with other professions. So I realised, you know what, I need to create something that enables players to be able to be showcased. If you notice the, um, the, we're doing a recent series where we're spotlighting specific football players on our yeah. Instagram page. 
and that's with the aim so that we become a hub for other teams to be like all right we can go to peace bowlers if we ever need players okay so and we showcase their stats yeah, yeah. so we, that people can see it back in the day Literally, you're right. I remember back when I was playing football, the only teams that you could really get a trial for was like mm. Crystal Palace. Mm. If, you, if you're coaching somebody, mm. yeah, yeah, that 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 is needed. Mm. So in terms of, because I know you're Nigerian, mm. you were you born there? No, I was born here, but then taken back there when I was a child, and then I stayed there for about seven years and came back here when I was. Seven. Do you remember life there? Uh, like yeah, like but only fragments because it was very like brief. It was more of a, in the eyes of a kid, just playing around. I remember I used to tie strings to plastic bags and let it, let it go in the air like a kite and make toy cars out of cigarette carts. You know, little things like that. That's all I really remember. Because um, I, I haven't seen it with adult eyes. I do want to see it because I know there's a lot of things going on there right now. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, After everything's died down, but you definitely go do peace boilers, nitro style, you get Yeah, even my dad keeps asking me to do something up there, but I have to put that on hold until I establish <laughs> everything here first. No, it's true, boy. Yeah. Um, big man thing, as your boy, I'm proper proud of everything that you're doing. Um, especially from the beginning, I was just like, no, I need to get you on the podcast because I mm. feel like um, you can really relate to the kind of people that we want to reach at the podcast because I remember like i said it's all about mentorship it's all about being able to change somebody's point of view to see that you know you can be a young guy from um south east northwest you can grow up in a bad area you can grow up in a in a place where it's maybe um the the stats don't lean positively to your side but you can mm. still make something out of your life mm. i know that you're a testament of that you grew up in hackney in it yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we all know about hackney <laughs> yeah we obviously <laughs> don't be offended if we're from hackney it's like <laughs> it's like Peckham, it's like all of these places mm. but you actually decided to take um a positive turn as an entrepreneur you get me your flowers are here you get me <laughs> men lie women lie numbers don't lie you get what i'm trying to say so you've done it um and only a year in so well done to you thank you um, thank keep you. it up is there anything particularly you want to plug your social medias and all of that um i'd say uh so if anyone who's kind of like wanting to organize like events mm-hmm. and often the way people are doing it right now is either they use eventbrite um, and then they share a Zoom link. Sometimes yeah. the link is shared with the wrong people yeah. and it's almost hard to monetize what you're trying to do effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, they can register their interest um, with Evo. Uh, if they just search Evo UK or Evo, E-V-O-E dot code UK, mm-hmm. they'll be able to register their interest and download the app when it comes out in the new year. Um, if they want to check out what we do at Peace Ballers, any football players, just type Peace Ballers, Instagram, any social media outlet, we're there. Um, Heaven Revolution, just type heaven-revolution.com to find out more about what we're doing there too. So, yeah. No, that's that's great. That's great. And we're even lucrative. We're having an event um, um, around March next year. It's a speed pitching event. Um, so we're definitely going to get you guys involved in that as well. It's just an event um, for startups to come and pitch their ideas to investors. Mm. Um, just trying to make it a bit fun as well. Mm. You know, shed a new light on kind of a dragon's den idea as well. Mm. So we're definitely gonna get you guys involved as well. Mm. Um, thank you for coming onto the show. Thank I mean, you. Thank I'm you in your crib today. Yeah, we thank you for coming 
on this is the make it lucrative podcast make sure you make sure you subscribe to the youtube you know what it is lucrative helping startups stay up meal making sure you're paid up subscribe to the podcast is cool and corporate is corporate lucrative lucrative Helping startups stay up, stay up. Mill, mill, making sure you're made up, making sure you're made up, making sure you're made up, you're paid up. Describe the podcast, it's cool and corporate, it's cool prep.